0: Hey, welcome to the New Life Bible Fellowship Podcast. Our mission is to cultivate a community that enjoys God and transforms the world through the gospel. We hope these weekly messages serve to inspire you, invite you to experience the greatness of God, and empower you to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Actually, I want to begin uh, with an apology, a clarification, and a prayer uh, before we dive into the sermon. So let me just pause. So uh, last week, if you're here with us, if you're here online, uh, I made a statement about the uh, the riots uh, on the Capitol building uh, the previous Wednesday, and uh, I apologize. I clearly wasn't as clear as I needed to be. And so let me uh, let me just provide a little bit of clarification around that. Um, I hope that you forgive my lack of clarity. And, and then we'll pray about that. So clarification. Clarification number one. Uh, our, we stand against as Christians. A Christian act is never a lawless act. Writing of any form, of any side of the aisle. There's been many riots. This has been a year of writing in the United States. None of it's okay, period. It's not Christian, okay? Statement number two. As Christians in the United States of America, where we're afforded uh, the ability to peaceably protest and stand and demonstrate, that's a good and a, and a wonderful thing. And so as Christians, uh, there, there, there's goodness in that and there's nothing wrong with, with peacefully protesting. So there's a statement. Now let me lean in in prayer for a country. I'm gonna pray for us right now. Uh, COVID has hit us in a real way, uh, even in a significant way in the last couple of weeks. So I'm gonna pray for our congregation around that. Let's pray. God... Um, Lord, we just pray as Christians, Lord, for hearts of unity, hearts of humility, hearts that lean in, Lord, to your calling on our lives, God. Hearts that that are committed, Lord, to the place that we're in, but hearts that that our allegiance is tied to you, Jesus Christ, no matter what happens. God, I pray for us, Lord, as we navigate this this difficult season of COVID. Lord, there, many have been hit within our body in the last few weeks. I pray especially for the Miranda family and the Akbalet family, Lord, who, who've had uh, family members die this past week. Lord, surround them in care and in mercy. And God, for those who are on the front lines and and caretaking and, and healthcare ministries. Lord, surround them, the first responders. Lord, be with them, strengthen them, encourage them. Lord, theirs is a ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we come alongside as support for them. And God, Lord, for all of us, help us to, to walk one another with love, Lord, with understanding and with sensitivity. In your name we pray, amen, amen. So we have an anxiety problem in the United States of America. That is not a controversial statement. I see heads nodding up and down. Nobody disagrees with that. We have an anxiety problem. Let me, let me give you a little details about that anxiety problem. 18% of adults in the United States of America say that they, or, or do, suffer with anxiety and depression. They battle anxiety and depression. And it's getting worse. 30% of millennials in Generation Z say they struggle with battling ongoing anxiety and depression. We have an anxiety problem. And I would propose to you, it is not an accident. We have a, a system that's perfectly designed to produce the results. And the system that produces anxiety is perfectly tuned to produce the anxiety it produces. We are... We're traveling down this cultural stream and, and like you do when you, when you bump along through a, through a stream, you're going you're hit, to hit rocks and, 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 and twigs and twists and turns and eventually in that cultural stream, you're going to drop off of a cliff and this cultural stream of anxiety is going to drop us off the cliff of depression unless we move exactly opposite. See, what's crazy about this cultural stream is we know we have a problem, yet we keep offering solutions that only make the problem worse. Buy this, do that. And it only compounds the problem. We need the way of Jesus. We need a different way. Now, let me pause. I've, I said this a few weeks ago. Let me say this again. Some people who suffer with anxiety and depression, there is a physiological component with that, and there's nothing Wrong if you need to take medication, and that's part of it. But let me say this also. All problems with anxiety and depression do have spiritual realities. Some have a physiological component, but all have a spiritual reality. And we can't act as though the the waters are neutral. They're dragging us off of the waterfall of anxiety and depression. So I want to take us to the words of Christ, and I want to offer us a commandment Two principles and one path. A commandment, two principles and one path. And I'm going to open us up to the book of Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is at the Sermon on the Mount and he begins right out of the chute with a crystal clear commandment. He begins in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. There it is. Do not be anxious. Now, here's the funny thing about that commandment. There's no pushback. Like who in here is like, oh, but I really would like to be anxious, Jesus. No, do not be anxious about your life. And Jesus is going to press in deeper because he's going to say, listen, there's something deeper with this. It's not just getting rid of anxiety. There's something that's connected, tethered in your heart, dealing with anxiety. He continues, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. So don't be anxious about, it's interesting, the things in life, the stuff. We're going to get into that in a little bit here. Nor about your body, what you put on. Clothes also is there. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus says, you were made for more. You were made for more. Do not be anxious, why? Because when you're anxious, that anxiety actually speaks to something that you're worshiping. What you worry about points to something that you worship. Our worry is connected to our worship. In fact, it goes all the way back to the first commandment. This commandment of Jesus points us back to the very first commandment God gives Israel in the Ten Commandments, where he says, "You shall have." no other gods before me in Deuteronomy 5. You shall have no other gods before me. So when Jesus says, do not be anxious, it's not just this, I want to improve your life, I want to maximize your, your, your health and your prosperity. No, no, Jesus is saying, this is a serious issue. This is a spiritual issue with spiritual consequences, eternal consequences, because your anxiety points to something else you're worshiping you worry about points to what you worship and jesus says be careful he continues over in matthew 6 and he says this look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns they don't collect stuff and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they you hear what Jesus just did? He begins these two sentences with this statement. Do not be anxious, which says you, your value of me, your eternal value, your eyes have to not be on the things of this world, but on me. And then he concludes with this promise, but don't forget, I value you. Do you not, do you not recognize the value I have for you? I'm inviting you into this relationship where I value you. I care for you and I invite you and I ask you to step into worship of me. This takes us to our first principle. The principle is quite simply this. Things create obligations. Things create obligations. Now, if you're you're kind of scratching your head. That sounds kind of abstract. Let me just make it really concrete for you. Here's I'm going to make it concrete, okay? If I offered you, hey, I'm going to give whoever wants it a free yacht. Who, who's taking a free yacht? You taking it online? Who's? Your, all right, most of you are one step ahead of me because you're like, yeah, yeah. That ain't no free yacht, Pastor John. Because <laughs> you know what comes with a yacht. We got to buy a docking place for that yacht. I know it's wintertime now, so now you gotta buy, you got to buy a, a, a place to, to, to store the yacht and people to, to manage that. And, oh, you have to, to uh, de that's, that's, the, that's the Tucson version of, of, of cleaning, right? I don't know what the actual word is, right? You've got to clean the thing off. How much does that cost? Buy insurance on the thing and gas for the thing. And, oh, oh by the way, now now every, every trip you take is tied to that yacht. It ain't no free yacht because things create obligations. Things create obligations. About six months ago, we were uh, talking about the parables of Jesus about the kingdom. In one of those parables, he talks about a sower. He talks about the different types of soil that attack, that are enemies of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He, he comes over here in Mark four nineteen, and he says he offers this up as, as a dangerous soil to the The work of the gospel in our lives. He says this, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. You see what Jesus does there? He does this actually throughout, and he just did this in this passage over in the Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus says, Listen, our anxiety, the cares of the world, what are they connected to? The deceitfulness of riches, the stuff. I love that little phrase, the deceitfulness of riches. Isn't that an interesting little phrase? He doesn't say the deceitfulness of people. Not even the, the deceitfulness of greed. It's the deceitfulness of riches. Because things aren't neutral. Things create obligations. And they're obligations for our time and our resource and our money and for our hearts. They're spiritual demands stuff makes on us. Things create obligations. Let me tell you how my my week began monday morning wake up kids head off to school they uh i go i go into the garage and i'm like oh they forgot the garage door garage door is up and uh so i, I try to shut the garage door it goes halfway um uh, hmm buddy you've run into this problem before right so i empty out my wealth of mechanical expertise all you know penny bag of it of, of it and i'm like okay the sensors what's wrong with the sensors here right what's wrong with the track what's wrong with the motor i can't see i don't know i'm worthless so what do i do try it again <laughs> maybe maybe on time number five it'll work right so i call a garage door repairman now i gotta pay the garage door repairman now i gotta figure out a time to be home when the garage door repairman's going to be there i don't have time for that Because things create obligations. When I was a kid, we had a great garage door opener. (laughs) My sister. If you're young, you're like, what? They didn't always have motors on them. You had to pull the thing up. You know how many times my dad called the garage door repairman? Never. Never. We never broke down. And I remember as a kid thinking, man, one day, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna live in a house with the garage door opener, and I'll have made it. And I didn't realize things create obligations. It's a crazy little, a little fact I learned this week. Do you know that after the the invention of the of the washing machine, we spend just as much time doing laundry as we did before the invention? I, you know what was before a washing machine? Washboards. You ever use, I've used washboards on, on on mission trips before. Like they're a drag. They're pretty terrible, actually. Right? Like who wants to go back to washboards? Well, how how are we spending the same amount of time? Well, because you know, once you just have to drop in the soap and press the button, well then you you start washing your things a lot more, and then you start buying more clothes. Because it's so easy to wash the clothes. And pretty soon, you know what you do? You spend just as much doing on it than you did before. Same thing can be said about the vacuum. About the Swiffer. Swiffer, why do we need a Swiffer? Like, what what happened? It's like a necessity in the house now, right? The, 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 The cleanliness goes up. The demands go up because things create obligations. There's an obligation. There's a hold. There's a tether. There's a demand that the stuff of this world makes on us and we should not fool ourselves otherwise. Jesus says this over in Matthew 6, 24, actually in the same exact chapter, he says this. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. You catch that? You cannot serve both God and money. It doesn't say you should not. It doesn't say it's a really bad idea if you try to serve both God and money. It's going to be a challenge. No, no, no. You cannot serve both God and money because the obligation that, that money makes, that things make on our life is ultimate. For hearts are not tethered first to Jesus Christ. Things create obligations. Principle number two is this. The simpler The life, the less the stress. The simpler the life, the less the stress. Do you want to experience the way of rest in your life, of non-anxiety in your life? Step into a simple life. Now, the simple life is, is defined in very clear terms by Jesus here in Matthew 6. He begins by saying, with that commandment, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. He's going to end with a call. He concludes the passage this way over in Matthew 6 33. He says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Focus, narrow your focus from the stuff onto the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Simplify your life, simplify your heart, simplify your allegiances. To Jesus Christ. Jesus invites us in. He says, seek my kingdom. And here's the thing. You know, we talked about this, that our worry is tied to our worship. This is part of the invitation of God to seek him. Here, here's the crazy thing. is that there, There's this fourth century pastor and theologian. His name is Augustine. He he talked about this principle way back then. He said, listen, our hearts are shaped. Our desires, the, the things that we desire shape who we are. Our love shapes who we are. So when our heart is set on God, God begins to shape who we are. You know what God isn't? He's not anxious. When I woke up this morning, I said, God, good morning. How are you? God did not respond. Oh, John, I'm busy, anxious. You have no idea how much I have to do today. <laughs> Never, not once. Our God is a God of rest and of peace. And when our hearts are set on him and his kingdom, our hearts are shaped by that kingdom. If we keep If we keep going down that current, we will go off the cliffs. But God invites us in. He says, experience me. Experience my rest. You want to experience God? Simplify your life. Simplify your life. I want to take us back to a passage that we began this sermon series with. Zach mentioned it also last week. So this is becoming kind of an important theme for us in this series. I'm going to come back to Matthew 11, the invitation of Jesus Christ. Come to me, Jesus says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. You know, Jesus Jesus does not just say, come to me because I'll save you and then set you on your way. Another way, Zach said it yesterday. He said, in the last week, he said, God doesn't just take our yoke off of us. He doesn't just take the yoke of the world off of us. What does he do? He puts his yoke on us. Because you have to have the way of Christ that follows the salvation of Christ. To have the power of Christ, you have to have the path of Christ. You have, to, you have to yoke yourself with Jesus and walk in his way, a simple way, a focused way, a seeking the kingdom first way. You know what I think? I think a lot of us really desperately desire, God, I want to experience your salvation. But I really want to hold on to this world God, God rescues us off of the Titanic and we're on the lifeboat and, and we're hanging on to the bow of the Titanic that's, that's going down. And God says, let it go or else you'll be dragged to the pit of the ocean. Because you have to have the path of Christ coupled with the power of Christ. You can't decouple those things. You have to have the way of Christ. Christ. One commandment, do not be anxious. Two principles, things create obligations. The simpler the life, the less the stress. And one path, the path of Jesus Christ. The path of following and seeking after the kingdom of God. Let me give us two rest stops so you're like, you just have a sense that, that you're headed on that pathway. Two rest stops on that pathway. The first is this, foster a passion The kingdom of God. Foster a passion for the kingdom of God. If if you don't foster a passion, if it's just about not seeking this world, that is hard, right? That's like dieting, right? Like just don't eat this stuff, right? But God doesn't just tell us to diet from the world, He invites us to indulge in Himself. Foster a passion for the kingdom of God. I love Pastor Zach's sermon last week. So practical and inviting us in to experience. Experience God in prayer to slow down and experience Him. That's what prayer is. It's experiencing God, experiencing Jesus Christ. He, he gave us a phone number, and I'd give it to us again if you haven't done this already. Just take out your phone and text REST to five two zero five one eight three one one seven. It's going to give you three things: a praying the Scripture app. I really enjoyed that. It's the first time. Uh, I'd use that app. I used it this this whole last week. It's two other things: a, a prayer experience on a Saturday coming up January 30th, and an online prayer experience on Thursday, February 4th. Cultivate intentionally a heart, a passion for the things of God. Part of the way that we do that is, Angel said this earlier. We, like one of our one of our benchmark values here is that we are contributors, not consumers. You want to cultivate a passion for the things of God? Put skin in the game. Put your time, your energy, your resources, your heart, your gifting. As a pastor, I get a lot of missionary letters and I love them all and I pray for for everyone I get. But you know which ones I really get excited about? I get excited like for the Facebook messages I got this week from a pastor in India that we personally support. That's what I care about. Because I have skin in the game. Cultivate a passion for the kingdom of God. Second, the second rest stop on this path of Jesus Christ, the path that runs against the culture. Put to death the flesh. Put to death the flesh. You see, the kingdom of God is, is about following Jesus Christ. And to do so, we have to put to death the flesh. We have to put to death our Our desires—they're not neutral. Our hearts are not neutral. What are those things that you aspire for that you need to put to death? The school that you're hoping to get into, the relationship that you're hoping will happen in your life, the 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 income bracket that you're hoping to hit, the job promotion you're hoping to get. What what's out there that you just you need you need to put to death that desire because it's it's shaping in you and dragging you into this current. What are the patterns of your life today that are creating a rhythm that, that you know what, it's dragging you away from, from rest and into anxiety. It's creating an obligation in you. Maybe it's screen time. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's activities. Maybe you, you, you just your calendar is just jam-packed with stuff in it. Commitments everywhere. What are the commitments that you have? What's the gaming system, the motorcycle, the RV? Where have you invested that you're like, I need to cut that out because my heart is getting pulled off of that cliff. If you're really bold online, you can write that thing in the comments. If you're really bold here in the room, take out your phone and text that word to a friend and say, ask me about this later. Hold yourself accountable because you know what I guarantee I guarantee that if we just if we just continue to swim in this culture, cultural stream, you will have more things December 31st of 2021 than you do today. And you'll have more anxiety. You will. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. What does it look like for us to simplify our life, simplify our focus and set our heart, set our focus, set our desire on Jesus Christ. Put to death the flesh. And so as we conclude, we, we move from the, the stream of this world, the stream that drags us into anxiety, to the waters of baptism. Waters that speak of this putting to death the flesh. Do you know what that the, that's what the picture is? That, that water is a tomb And those who are going to come up here and declare their faith in Jesus Christ are not just declaring their their following. They're not just saying, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. They're saying, and let that go. That I want to be buried in the tomb. I want my old self, I want my flesh to be buried there in the waters with Jesus Christ So he takes those into the tomb with him and rise again in new life. I want the salvation of Jesus Christ and I want the way of Jesus Christ. I want the power of Jesus Christ. I want the path of Jesus Christ. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. So what a gift we have. You're going to get to watch the testimony of all 10 who are being baptized today. And then I think we got four in this service that you'll get to be introduced to. So you're going to pray for us. And then I want you to watch God's beautiful children declare their faith and their commitment to follow him in his way. God, we thank you so much for the gift of eternal life in you. We thank you so much, Lord, for, God, the crucifixion of our flesh, that you have taken it into the tomb with you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you raise us again into new life. Lord, we do not. We're tired of the stream that we're being dragged in. Lord, take us a different way. Take us down your path of rest. Help us to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Fellowship Podcast. We'd love to have you join us in person next week. Or check out our live stream at newlifetucson.live. Have a great week.